Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey guys, welcome to Board Games Daily. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and we've got a fun episode for you today. We've got uh, What Will You Play Friday on a Monday, that is What Did You Play Monday, (laughs) and we've also got the new cage fight, game night cage fight coming up for you. So we'll get into that in just a moment, but before we do, I want to remind you about our promotional partner. That's right, Getting Geeky with Gamer Leaf. He's a podcaster you can check out up to six episodes a week, including Fun Day Family or sorry, Family Fun Day Fridays, uh, in which he brings some of his family members, his children, onto the show, and they discuss games that they've played recently. So check those out by heading over to GamerLeafGo.com or just search for Getting Geeky with Gamer Leaf anywhere you listen to a podcast. All right, we're going to get into this episode today. Don't forget our Patreon contest is still happening. Head over to TheologyOfGames.com slash Patreon for full contest rules and how you can enter to win a copy of Tower of Madness. And we've got uh, some other cool stuff going on, including there's a bunch of contests coming up on our show, That's How I Roll. Search for That's How I Roll wherever you listen to podcasts or go to theologyofgames.com slash roll. I'm going to start making announcements because the prizes are rolling in for the big 100th episode there. So don't miss out on that. But that's enough of that. Let's get into this episode. Tower of Madness, the latest from Smirk and Dagger Games. Will you discover what lies beneath unspeakable horror, slip into insanity, or bring about the end of the world? A three-dimensional clock tower stands 15 inches tall, Filled with marbles, 30 otherworldly tentacles push through the tower walls in every direction in this high-tension dice game of Lovecraft-inspired horror. Win your very own copy of Tower of Madness. Head over to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon for full contest rules and how you can enter to win. It's not just Friday, it's What Will You Play Friday. Use the voice message feature on Anchor or tweet at Theology of Games and let us know what you'll be playing this weekend. All right, everybody, it's that time again. It's What Will You Play Friday. You say, what? I just heard the Cage Fight Thursday segment. Yes, we got a little bit behind this week, and so uh, we're doing the uh, Cage Fight along with what will you play Friday today on Friday if we even get this segment out today or this episode out today. So uh, life is life. We get busy and we do the podcast when we can. Uh, So hopefully we get it out to you today. Uh, But it is what will you play Friday. And I'm really excited about this week because I'm going up to Rochester, Rochester, New York, where my brother and sister live. Now that's about a four hour drive for me, uh, four and a half hour drive from the Akron area in Ohio. And uh, we just have a blast every time we go up. My brother and sister are both gamers. 
They've got an awesome game store up there called uh, Millennium Games. It is so cool. It's one of the best game stores I've been to ever. The layout is nice. It's clean. You can see everything. They've got the hottest games up at the front. Uh, it is. They have everything. They carry everything. I mean, except games that are out of print. You can find everything there. It's awesome. It's a great game store. I'm excited to go there. But that's not what I'm playing this weekend. I have got in my backseat of my car right now as I drive and create this segment, I have got one of the exit games by Thames and Cosmos Games. Now, this exit game is called The Forbidden Castle. I played The Forgotten Island. I played The Abandoned Cabin. I've played The Secret Lab. I've played, uh, what, there was a really good one. Oh, The Polar Station. That was a great one. These games are fantastic. They are brain teasers all the way through. There are puzzles. There are riddles that you must figure out to get out of the room or wherever you're at. Um, and they are tough. And so this one is one of the toughest. It's a level four out of five. And um, I'm really excited to try this one to see what new puzzles it brings my way. The nice part about these games is they all have such a, such a different theme that uh, even though the, the, the main idea is escaping the room, uh, the theme that changes throughout the different games makes it so fun and so interesting. So this one's cool because you're like in a medieval castle. So I've liked all the themes so far with the exception of maybe the secret lab, but this one looks cool. So I'm excited to try that out. Now, last time I was up in Rochester, my brother got Whitechapel, uh, Letters to Whitechapel, which is a great hidden movement game. It's one of the original hidden movement games. Um, if, if, if not the original hidden movement game, it's the one that really kind of defined hidden movement games as Jack the Ripper is terrorizing Whitechapel, London. Uh, you as the police officers have to try and find out where his secret hideout is or capture him. And he is just trying to make sure that he gets all his murders. And I think he's got five of them that he has to do, maybe six, uh, over the course of five rounds. I think one round he does two murders. Um, it is a really, really solid game. But you have to have people who are engaged to play it. The moment somebody checks out in this game is the moment this game goes south. People have got to be trying to find Jack the Ripper the whole time. It's got to be a team effort. There is no quarterbacking in this game. If there is quarterbacking, again, this game loses everything that it had. But Whitechapel is a phenomenal game, and I'm excited to try it out again this weekend. I've played it probably a half dozen times uh, with my other brother-in-law who lives here in Ohio. I love Letters to Whitechapel. There's other great uh, hidden movement games. There's one called Last Friday. It's about... Um, uh, Jason terrorizing uh, Crystal Lake, and uh, the campers try and catch him. He tries to catch the campers. There's a little back and forth as the stories play out. There's a hunt for the ring, which I don't have yet. I really want to try this. It's where Frodo's trying to get from the Shire to uh, Bree and, and, and the end of the Prancing Pony and not get caught by the, uh, by the ring race. And then there's a second half of the game where I think the Fellowship or Frodo is trying to get to Rivendell and the game kind of changes. Something else happens where I think uh, maybe I can't remember how it changes, but the, but the, the theme and the, the kind of the scenario changes based on the second half of the game. Really, really cool hidden movement games. I'm excited to play Whitechapel this weekend. I'm excited to play Exit, uh, The Forbidden Castle. What are you going to be playing this weekend? Let's hear from you, but that's it for now. Check you later.
Coming soon to a table near you, Campy Creatures, the first expansion and second edition. Compete with all the classic monsters from the first edition, plus four all new creatures. Clash each round as you try to win new location cards. Hello? Is anybody there? And capture new mortals. Walk this way to Kickstarter, now until Saturday, November 3rd, 2018. Campy Creatures, the first expansion and second edition from Keymaster Games. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. Today is Thursday, and we're getting ready for another cage fight. This is where we pit two games against each other. They go head-to-head -head in battle, and you and we together decide who will win that cage fight. And today we're going to put up against each other a game called Viticulture by Stonemeyer Games. It's a worker placement game and where you're making wine and delivering it to customers, although that's kind of contested whether that's what you're really doing or not. That game currently sits at 16 on Board Game Geek. And then we are going to put it against Lords of Waterdeep, which is a game by Wizards of the Coast. It's got a D&D &D theme uh, where you're going to be going into uh, where you're going to be going into the Waterdeep town, and you're going to be trying to accomplish some quests in a fantasy environment or the D&D &D universe. And this game currently sits 52 on Board Game Geek. Now, do these, uh, do these games currently have the right position on Board Game Geek? I don't know. That's up to you to decide. If you like Viticulture right where it's at, then it's definitely going to win the cage fight. But if you think Viticulture needs to be sitting a little bit further back on BGG, perhaps Lords of Water Deep wins the cage fight for you. Couple things to consider. One has a fantasy theme. Lords of Water Deep, you're going to be uh, doing quests. Uh, you get quest cards at the beginning of the game and you get some throughout the game and you're going to be collecting cubes to try and complete your quest. You're going to go to different locations in Waterdeep and you're going to try and turn those cubes in to complete your quest for victory points. This is done over seven rounds. Then in Viticulture, you're going to be playing across several seasons. Excuse me, not several seasons. You're going to play uh, through seasons each round and uh, in winter... Well, excuse me, in summer, you're going to be preparing your fields, putting fields out, uh, entertaining some guests, giving tours of your vineyard. And um, then in winter, you're going to be making wine, preparing the wine, bottling it, and shipping it out. So that's basically what you're doing in these two games. Now, if you like one of those themes better than the other, maybe one of these games wins out right away for you. Not sure. But there's some other things to consider. Viticulture, although it's a standard worker placement game in the fact that you're going around the table and you're putting workers on different er territories to gain things, it is heavily card-driven. There are cards that you get in the summer. There are cards that you get in the winter. The cards you can play in the summer and cards you can play in the winter. And these heavily affect the game. Now, I say it's contested whether you're really delivering wine or not because you can get so many victory points by other means rather than just fulfilling orders that there have been times where I've won this game without even fulfilling an order. And people say, well, you, that's not even playing the game. You're not even really playing it. Well, that's, uh, that's a debate for another day.
that's fine. But it is card driven. And although it's worker placement, heavy on the cards. Now, that's not to say that Lords of Waterdeep doesn't have cards that do things. Um, there's intrigue cards in Lords of Waterdeep. They're harder to come by. There's only two places you can get them. And that's only once per round because I think, yeah, I think that's once per round because those areas can be taken by other players. So, uh, it's harder to get the cards and there's only one place you can play them and that's at Waterdeep Harbor. And so it's, it's a little bit trickier to use your cards. Now those cards can get you victory points. Those cards do a lot of other things too that hurt other players, help yourself, but it's not as card driven. So the games feel very different. I think Lords of Waterdeep is a little bit more simplistic in nature and I'm not including either of the expansions for either Lords of Waterdeep or Viticulture because that opens a new can of worms. We're talking base game here. Lords of Waterdeep in its simplest form is very, very basic. You go around the table, you grab some cubes, you turn them in for victory points. You may get to place a worker a second time if you went to Waterdeep Harbor. Um, Viticulture, I think there's a little bit more strategy going on. You get to pick things based upon the turn order, uh, the turn order that you decide to go in. You get different rewards right off the bat. That's kind of interesting. If you go later in the day, you get better stuff. If you go earlier in the day, the rewards aren't as great. Viticulture isn't based on rounds. It's based on, um, excuse me, the game end isn't based on rounds. It's based on uh, who gets to 20 points first. That doesn't mean they win. It just means they end the game. You can complete the round and see if anybody surpasses that 20 points. However, Lords of Waterdeep is round-based. I think it's played over seven or eight rounds. Um, so I, I don't know. It's a hard one because Lords of Waterdeep was one of the first worker placements that I really latched on to. wasn't the first one that I ever played, um, but it's the first one that I really, really enjoyed. So it holds a special place in my heart. I love it, and I always love the fantasy theme almost more than anything. However, with that said... Viticulture, I think, wins this fight for me because I really love the components in Viticulture. I really love uh, the beauty of the board and the artwork. That's not to say Lord's Waterdeep doesn't have that good stuff, but I have a lot of fantasy themes. I don't have a lot of games about making wine. Now, I'm not a wino or anything like that. I just think it's a really, really cool theme. It's very original, and I like that about the game. And I think it's a little bit fresher, too. Uh, Lords of Waterdeep has kind of had its day in the sun for me, and it's kind of started to wear thin a little bit. Viticulture, I've played probably a dozen times, and it's still very fresh for me. I still like it a lot, and, and I, I win the game, too, sometimes. So uh, that that's always good. Now, there's games I don't win. There's games that I never win that I like to play, but I'll brag about it a little bit when there's a game I do win. I'm very good at viticulture, so I guess that probably helps too. Uh, I need somebody to knock my pride down there and, and beat me on it. But any case, I've spoke too long about this. We want to hear from you. Viticulture wins for me. What wins for you? Um, and let's hear from Scott. Let's hear from Jeremiah. And let's hear from you as well. That's it for now. Check you later. Happy Friday, everyone. Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. AJ came up with a great cage fight this week, and that is Stonemeyer Games' Viticulture versus Lords of Waterdeep. Now, I really like Viticulture. As a game, I think it's great. I really like Lords of Waterdeep, but it's more tied into... Not just the theme, but I have a lot of good memories with that because my kids, it was the first um, worker placement I played with my kids. It's one of the first 
kind of bigger, deeper Euro games that I played with my kids. So there's a lot of memory wrapped up in Lords of Waterdeep for me. Also, I think because of the theme, it's just fun. I understand like the fact that it's winemaking, like that's unique. And I totally appreciate that. It's not just another fantasy game. And yet at the same time, I really like fantasy. And so for me, going on quests and going around Waterdeep and doing all these things, it's just fun. So I'm going to say that Lords of, or excuse me, Viticulture is a better game. But for my cage fight pick, it's Lords of Waterdeep. It's fun. It's thematic. I have tons of memories with it. And I know AJ didn't really bring in the expansion. I think Viticulture's expansion makes it quite a bit better. And Lords of Waterdeeps is also great. It's modular. You can add or not add. And what it adds is really great. The, um, oh, what is the me- mechanism? Not scoundrel. Anyway, whatever that mechanism is where there's some bad stuff you can take, but it could bite you in the butt. I really like that. It integrates, integrates seamlessly. And so for me, Cage Fight winner is Lords of Waterdeep, although I still really like Viticulture, and it's well worth your time. Okay, that's my vote. Have a great day, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye. So we've got a good cage fight going on this week, and I'm going to weigh in on it now. Don't forget, you can check out on our social media channel uh, at at Board Games Daily on Twitter. You can find a way to vote there. Also, before we go much further with this cage fight, I should announce the winner of last week's cage fight. So we had sort of a split decision. Now, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition won the majority vote. They had it had 47% of the vote, but Descent and Imperial Assault both combined for that 53%. So it was pretty close. I guess you would edge out the Descent slash Imperial Assault mechanic uh, over Mansions of Madness by a few votes. But there it is. That's last week's Game Night Cage Fight. This week, it's Lords of Water Deep against Viticulture. Now, I love both of these games. I've only played Lords of Water Deep uh, a few times. It, I know a lot of people play that game a lot, and it, it gets a lot of replay, and rightfully so. It's a great game. Uh, but I probably would give my edge to Viticulture. I remember when we got copies of this, it was right after it had released, and uh, Jamie Stegmeier of Stonemeyer Games sent us copies, and I just remember going, I don't know, it's a game about making wine. Like, I was a little, a little hesitant to play this game, and, you know, how fun could it be? Well, my, I was completely... <laughs> Uh, blown away by it. It's such a good game. It's still one of my favorite worker placement games. And uh, so I'm going to probably edge out Lords of Waterdeep with Viticulture just because I've certainly played it more and I really, really enjoy it. All right. So what do you think about that? You can use the voice message feature and uh, let us know here on Anchor, or you can always hit up uh, at Board Games Daily check out the poll we've got there cast your vote leave a comment there let us know why you voted how you voted and we'll make that all a part of the show all right stay tuned more board games daily coming up now you can be more than just a listener 
If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. All right, well, it's time for one of my favorite things to do on the show. We have a caller. We're going to play a little message here. We, we brought up last week the topic of game expansions and the ones that you just can't live without. So Philip Moore called in to tell us about the expansions he can't live without. This is Phil Moore from Springfield, Virginia. The topic of your show today was expansions you cannot live without. I was thinking about this, and my big one is all the Dominion expansions and the possibilities to add on to the base game. The base game of Dominion, a deck-building game, is great, but there are so many great expansions. My favorite one right now is probably Empires. Um, just got Prosperity, which is played wonderfully, and then the, the second, basically, the first expansion would be Intrigue. Um, there's a bunch of other expansions I have yet to play, but I'm thinking about expansion that I just I can't even think about just playing Dominion without adding at least one, if not two, expansions. Good luck and love your show. Thank you. Hey, Philip. Thanks so much for calling in and good take on that. I've played personally. I've played the base game of Dominion. A good amount, uh, especially when teaching somebody new, but uh, you're totally right. I think um, the expansions are are really good and really should be played with. There's just a lot going on there. So good take on that, and thanks for your kind words about the show. Glad you're enjoying it. Feel free to call in anytime and chime in on, on the topics we're talking about, our cage fights, whatever it is. Uh, we love it when we have people call in and they can be a part of the show as well. So that being said, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page, theologyofgames.com slash Patreon. Lots of cool promos and giveaways from some really cool publishers, including Gameland Games and uh, Calliope Games and Starling Games and... Uh, Cosmos and Tams, just lots of really cool stuff there you can get just by becoming a a patron of our page. So uh, I'll leave it at that. So we'll get out of here. And until tomorrow, I'm Jeremiah Isley for my co-hosts, AJ Skifstad and Scott Firestone saying, hey, go play a game. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyOfGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyOfGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.